Welcome to the High Hopes Phillies Minor League Rundown. I'm Jason Springer here with Jeff Cohen. Excited to start another season following the journey of the players chasing their dreams in the Phillies farm system. Jeff, it's baseball season. I don't even need to ask you how excited you are to be back. Did you sleep last night? I did a little bit, but I am like a, a little boy. You've been it's, like dreaming of so lineups. Exciting. You've been dreaming of lineups in your head, haven't you? Yeah, and, and look, the Phillies, not only the Phillies major league team, obviously there's excitement around that, but the minor league system is going to be stacked this year. Yeah, it's going to be a, a fun time up and down the Philly system. They're, they've got players on their rosters that are moving up. We followed a lot of them last year. It was good to see them. Jeff, why don't we talk about it? We were down in Clearwater a few weeks ago, hanging out at spring training, doing some interviews uh, right in the middle of uh, all the fun. So if anybody needs any has any doubt whatsoever about how excited we are, we counted the players down there. So there were 196 players players in minor league camp. Yes, How's that break down, Jeff? 109 pitchers, 20 catchers, 42 infielders, 25 outfielders. Were, they, were you one of them? I wish, but... Were you a water boy? I couldn't even do water Come boy. On. Come on. There's <laughs> no way. In total, there are 350 players in the organization, which includes the Dominican camp. We had a chance. We'll have an interview uh, coming up in a future show with uh, Josh Bonifay. We actually played that on our Heart of Sports show a few weeks ago from spring training. He's the new director of player development. It was really interesting to talk to him about where players should start the season and his path to getting to the organization. He also has has probably the hardest job to date. Think about it. He's got to take all of those players and figure out, with coaching staffs, but figure out where everybody's got to go, where everybody is best for development, where everybody fits with in relation to everybody else, and kind of planning their path to the major leagues as to what the Phillies have in their major league camp. You could tell his excitement, though. I really enjoyed getting to talk to him. I think our listeners will enjoy that when they hear the interview. Nobody and will ever call him low energy. No, no, he will definitely not be low energy. And they've done some movement in the system in terms of their managers on the teams at the different level. Why don't you go through for me uh, how the coaching staff shuffle ended up this season? Is that is that a new dance? Is that like the, the icky shuffle About, or the Super Bowl I, shuffle? I don't dance, but if, <laughs> if you want to, it's all on you. I am pleased that, that they kept most of the coaches. They juggled them around, and as we discussed with Josh, it's, it's something that I think thought maybe you promote the coaches I was wrong the way that they actually do it is where those coaches fit in relation to talent and where they think their strengths are with regard to helping these players get to the next level. Yeah I level. didn't realize it was based more on the skill set as opposed to time of service you think you move in the system and you kind of move up the system like you do as a player Yeah. but for them it's based on who can do the best job for the players that are in that part of the organization to help them develop and move to the next level Yeah so with that in mind we have Gary Jones, who won the International League North title for the first time with the Iron Pigs last year, will return. Uh, we will see him hopefully next week at the 2-2-2 showcase between the Iron Pigs and Reading. Tell me about that. For people who haven't been to a game and don't know about that, what is that? It's it's before the season starts, they decide that they're going to have a game between the Reading Fightins and the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. So it's and your is chance it open to, to the see. Fans? Yeah. And I think it's $6 a ticket. So yeah, if I were like you, I'd get there. You get a chance to see as many prospects as you're ever going to see in one stadium. So it's it's a great chance.
chance to get to know the upper levels of the system. And High Hopes will be there. We'll be doing some interviews, taking in the game, and getting excited for baseball just like everybody else. Yep. And so with Jones, we have moving from AA to AAA pitching coach uh, Steve Schrank, who was at AA last year. We had, we had so a much to fun interview. talking to him last year. And if you, by the way, for our listeners, if you want to catch the interviews from last season, we did almost 60 interviews. They're all available on our website, highhopesfills.com. Still, you can catch the interviews we've done. You can catch the interviews that we get going forward. You can really learn about all the players in the system. In fact, all the coaches that I'm about to finish talking right. about were interviewed last year, and we'll continue to interview them this year and talk about their their new staffs. Uh, that includes Greg Lake, who was the manager at AA last, last year and has been through the system up and down. He's going to be with AAA as well. Then you go to Reading. Sean Williams, the son of the famous manager Dick Williams, is uh, returning, only he is moving from Clearwater to Reading. With him, he will bring their pitching coach from the Threshers, which is Aaron Fultz. Clearwater, uh, Marty Malloy, formerly of the um, Lakewood Blue Cause, will be joining Clearwater along with his pitching coach from last year, Brad Burgesson, who the players at Lakewood raved about. And look, they did a job last year. You you called them the ace claws all season, that pitching staff, that team last year. Uh, the kids in Clearwater are going to be really lucky to have those guys there working with them, helping them develop. And Burgesson's going to be lucky to have that kind of talent with them. Without a doubt. I mean, we'll go through, obviously, the players aren't finally assigned everywhere yet, so we'll go through a little bit of that, where they're going to go later in the show, and then have it in coming weeks, but it's going to be a great opportunity for some of the players to help develop. Then we have the new kid on the block, which is Mike Micucci. Mike comes for the Mariners organization. We had a chance to talk to him during spring training. He's actually a local guy. He went to Monmouth. How many ticket requests do you think he's going to get? Uh, he's going to have a lot of people at those games, and I think cheering him on and also giving him a hard time. <laughs> and then your buddy's back in Williamsport again this year, Jeff. Pat Borders, former World Series MVP, is returning to Williamsport for the short season A season. Um, Pat, again, another guy we talked to last year and we talked to in spring training, and Pat loves grooming the young guys. It is amazing to see how much energy this guy has for and passion for kind of taking these guys under his wing tough love when it's needed encouragement when it's needed he really is a great manager yeah, he's more like a proud parent yes. who, who will do that which is ironic because he can basically field his own team with nine kids so he, he also has a little bit of an edge to him he which does. i love he does and uh we'll, we'll have more with him as the season goes on and mm -hmm. i think that our listeners will enjoy getting to hear from all of the managers and let's talk a little bit again about the goal of the show for us is to really give people an inside look at the journey that these players, these coaches, these people involved in the organization are taking, the, the struggles they have every day, the successes that they have, and these managers are great people to be able to talk to and get insight from of what's going on. Minor league baseball, more than any other sport, is a chance for you to see the journey, to follow the journey. It's, it's a long process that you go through as a baseball player, and people just don't realize that you don't become 
become a Major League Baseball player overnight. It takes years of learning how to make your craft as good as you can get. And even then, it's a struggle to get through to the Major Leagues. And I think that this show and I think that the minor leagues show you what that journey is like. Well, we're excited to follow the players on that journey. And uh, we got to talk to one of them in spring training who we watched last year. He's the tallest player in the Philly system, Jeff. You had to go there. Look, I'm a short person, okay? Uh I I can't get over the fact that of tall people. I know you're taller and you don't like those tall comments. (laughs) But I, on the other hand, um, marvel at his ability. I mean, he's so fluid for, you know, the skill set that he has. And we talked to Kyle Young, who's the seven-foot-tall pitcher in the system. And, you know, it was interesting to have the conversation with him about everything. Uh, I agree. The one thing I will say about height as it relates to Kyle and why it's important is because the taller that you get as a pitcher, the harder it is to repeat your delivery. There's more movement in more body parts, longer body parts, and it becomes very hard, which is why you don't see very tall pitchers. You also don't see, as Kyle mentioned, as you don't you don't see very tall hitters because you have a bigger strike. Bigger strike zone. zone. Yes. So, I enjoyed that comment, by the way. Yeah, but so see, I finally I found something good about being short. <laughs> you have a very tiny strike yeah, zone. Yeah, come on, pitch it. Well, what, instead of us talking about Kyle, why don't we just play Kyle's interview? Let's go to the interview and then we'll come back. We are here at spring training with pitcher Kyle Young. How are you doing today? Doing good. Doing good. Getting good out day. getting out a little bit early today. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's nice. How many of these half days do you get? Oh, uh, not too many. Yeah, I mean, too many. I, I call it a half day, but it, I mean, at the time we're doing this, it's 2 o'clock, and you've been here since, what, 5.30 this morning? Yeah, just about. Yeah, I mean, so. once games start kicking up, then mm-hmm. it'll be pretty much till 4 every day, but... Just enjoying it. So what? So what's the experience like? Is, is this your second spring training? This is my third. Okay. This is my third spring training. What, what's if there's anything different? What's this experience been like versus your first two? I mean, there's been a little things different here and there, but not much. It's still the same kind of quality and same structure. So I mean, it's been the same. How exciting is it for you to be in camp and be here this time of year? You obviously work real hard in the off season. You learned so much last year. You get to bring it back this year and try and implement it on the field. What's it like for you to get out there and get things going? Yeah, I mean, it's really exciting. Uh, I've been looking forward to it for all offseason, especially since last year. It was a, was a tough one. You know, got hurt twice, so I was ready to come back stronger this year. What did that teach you? We often talk about the journey that players have, and it's, it's not a straight line. There's ups and downs, especially in baseball, as in all sports. You dealt with some injuries. What was that like to sort of overcome them and at the same time be patient with yourself? so that you didn't push it too hard yeah yeah I mean it was a lot you know like during the time it was you know you just had to focus on you know today's today and tomorrow's tomorrow and you just gotta grind through it but I mean <laughs> I always enjoy when when other players <laughs> come by and make our just guys so, laugh. just just so the people listening because this is not on television this is on the radio just Ooh. so everybody knows Kyle's not laughing at Jason well he might no. be I mean look no, people do it all the time so you no, wouldn't be the only one don't worry about it yeah but, but he's laughing at Connor yeah okay He's laughing at Connor over there making some faces. All right, so, so I have a question for you because I'm going to try to make you feel a little better cool. about being around this complex. Sweet. I'm going to confess to the fact that as a child I grew up as a Mets fan. 
which I understand you did as well. Uh, yes, I did. There you go. Did. So, not anymore. Why are so, you bringing uh, that out for on the Phillies radio I wanted, show? I wanted them to feel at home because it's got to be. T- I mean, look, it's a, it's you grow up. On my part. <laughs> you, you, yeah, exactly. You grow up your whole life playing baseball, rooting for a team, and then you get drafted by another team. Yeah. And you know, I'm sure that there were times as a kid that you wanted to be like Tom Seaver or Dwight Gooden when he wasn't in trouble. Or yeah. Things like that. Yeah. And 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 loved now, Billy Wagner. Loved him. Yeah. Well, Did you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. At that time, I was no longer a Mets fan. Yeah. <laughs> but you didn't. Didn't always play just baseball. You were a basketball player too, right? Oh, a little bit, yeah. In a little high school. bit. So, how did you choose sports? Because we often talk about sports specialization and whether it's one sport or multiple sports and the different things that you learn. How did you decide that baseball was the path for you? And do you think it was helpful that you played multiple sports growing up in terms of your development? Uh, I definitely think it was helpful. I think all players should really do it. You know, it's just to test it out. You get different athletic skills from every sport. You know, basketball's a lot of lateral movements, agility, so I was able to bring that to baseball. And then, I mean, it's, I think it's great, you know. Was was baseball your, your first love in terms of sports, or did you come to love it as you yeah. went on? Yeah, I always loved baseball first. So kind of even even since I was young, I always knew I liked it more Okay, kind of thing. So. Did you always know that you were going to be a pitcher, or did you play a different uh, position? I mean, I knew pretty early, but mm-hmm. I played first base back in the day. But even in high school, I was just a pitcher. <laughs> you knew you knew what you'd do. I, I knew. Strike zone's too big. So I got a question. Charlie Manuel says he's that you're in a better position in your career than Randy Johnson because your arm angle is smoother. When you hear something like that from a guy named Charlie Manuel, what's that do to you? What's your reaction? Uh, shocking. <laughs> Definitely shocking, you know. Had you heard like that, that and uh, no, oh, no never that. heard that before. Now he's not going to be able to get his head through the doorway. Now, now Connor's <laughs> going to be over there giving him a harder time about everything. No, but, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Randy Johnson is one of the best to ever do it. So how cool is that like though? That. Just be to, brought up like that to I mean, be mentioned. I'm, nowhere, I'm no. I'm not like him in a sense. You know, I don't throw like him. Um, we're not really similar besides the tall and the lefty part, but that's a that's a great compliment. That's that's awesome. How has the adjustment been in terms of uh, when you're out there on the mound, getting used to working with the catchers and and having them understand your throwing repertoire and what you like to do and and putting your trust in them and how they will call the game for you? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not, like, hard or anything. Usually before the game, you'll sit down with the catcher that's catching you, and you'll just kind of go over the hitters in their lineup. You'll go over your game plan, you know, and you'll get on the same page with him before the game so you don't run into any problems. You grew up in Long Island. Oh, yeah. And uh, you had a chance last year to play in Lakewood, which isn't that far from that. No, no, that was um, nice. What was it like to play close to home and to have kind of family be able to come down and see you? Yeah, it was really awesome. It's always always nice seeing the people back home, of course. And even on an off day, you know, I was able to go home once or twice, and you know, it just really kind of makes it easier. That Lakewood pitching staff was Ooh. crazy. Jeff Between- called you guys the ace clause. He would tweet all the time about it last yeah, season. So we, we branded yeah. you the ace clause. Uh, every time we came there, it was you, it was uh, Will Stewart. Yeah, Will, Dave Parkinson, Rosso, Spencer. It, it, ju- it just kept going. Oh, what was it like to, to play with that level of pitcher 
and compete against them yeah. every day to see who was the best. I mean, that was the most fun year, I think, ever when I was healthy. Because uh, just every day you knew you were probably going to see something really cool. You know, you're going to see something fun and you're going to see some great pitching and it just kind of pushed you to be even better. And it was great competition, like, between us. You did, know, you have, did you have any games or any, anything to kind of push you to, you know, be better than the guy that was pitching before you? Oh, yeah, you know, you always just want to go out there and compete. So. Yeah. so so, how much trash talk goes on between you guys when <laughs> one guy goes up and one-ups another guy and he's like, you're like, um, top that. I don't know if there's as much trash talk like that. You know, we, we just like to mess around with each other a lot. Yeah, I was going to say, that didn't but, seem like a trash-talking group. Yeah, what? no, we, no. We, we all like each other. Yeah. So. You guys were all... We were more fun. We I was like going to say, fun. you guys were professionals about it. You went yeah, about your pretty, business. Pretty free and easy. Yeah, you seemed yeah, to really... tense or anything. What was it like to be a part of that team like that? I mean, it seemed like that, that was a special team all it around was very last year. fun. Like I said, it was just a free and easy clubhouse. You know, everyone was always happy and having fun because of the winning part. Even with but, Coach Molloy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. What was he like yeah. to play for? Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. He, it's a player's coach right there. You know, well, so, so he's, he's stern, but he will back you up. We got the stern the part. Yeah. We, we've got that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know. He's got your back every single day. Doesn't and, matter. And how about Coach Burgesson? He was your pitching coach last year. Everybody that we talked to last year seemed to rave about the way that he communicated with you guys. Yeah, he was awesome. You know, he, he really, you know, I think he played a big part in our success, of course. What was what was it about his his method of coaching that led to all the guys taking to him? I'd say just a lot of attention to detail and mm -hmm. kind of being like a little laid back in a way mm -hmm. and like letting us fail sometimes in a bullpen or in a game and then be like, all right, you know, you saw what happened. Now let's try to fix it. And then we were able to just kind of keep that rolling. When you're not here at the park, you're getting out a little bit early today. What do you do to unwind when you're not playing baseball? Um, that you can tell us about. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we don't do anything crazy <laughs> now, that's for sure. But I'm a big golfer. I lo love to golf. You know, being, I mean, it's hard. Well, it's good. Be good down here in Clearwater. you got yeah. plenty of places to go and play. Plenty of places. So I like doing that. And then video games, you know, whole nine yards. Oh, which video game? Fortnite. Uh-oh. A lot of it. Oh, so you would have liked it when they had Fortnite <laughs> up on the big screen at Lehigh that Valley last year. That so cool. <laughs> yeah, you'll Were you there to, for that? No. Oh, you'll, okay. you'll have to talk to Cole Irvin about that. He's playing on Twitch all the time oh, with yeah? his gaming. So you'll, you'll have to follow him yeah, out there with it. a lot of it. us play. What's, uh, what's the anticipation like? to get through spring training and, and to get the season started for you? Is it is it one of those, you take this for the opportunity that it is, or it's like, let's get this over with and let's let's get back up and get the games going? Uh, yeah, I mean, we're, uh, we're definitely ready to get the games going, but I wouldn't say, like, we're you know, anticipating it or just kind of like looking forward to it because you got to be locked in every day kind of thing. You got to make sure that you're performing in spring training and not getting too far ahead of yourself. If you were and to make sure that you're getting better. If you were to make the majors, you'd be the first seven foot tall major league pitcher. How often do you get asked about that? Jeff didn't want uh, me to one ask. One more time. Jeff, than Jeff. Than he, than he yeah. Look, I, oh, I'm not what God. you would call tall, so as, Jeff didn't a, want me to ask. Tall, as, as a tall person, not not. Jeff Kyle's didn't want like, me to ask a height question, like, no, but no, I. No, no. I can't not. Oh, you have to. Uh, yeah. you, you yeah. have to ask it. What, yeah. what is that? I'll take care of him. Now. What's that like for you? Well, you shouldn't have put it in the notes then, Jeff. I took it off your notes. <laughs> but what's that like for you uh, to, to know that, that that would be something that you would achieve if you did that? That's really cool. You know, just to be able to say something like that. Like, it's a cool little thing. It's nothing I would look into, anything, you know. It's just kind of like a little, little side note for other people. But, 
Yeah, I get asked a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Any, anywhere I go. So move on. You go ahead, move on. <laughs> you got a mic too. Go ask a question. <laughs> I'm used to it now, though. You, See, you get used to it over the years. Yeah. You know more than more than anyone. <laughs> All right, so what's the best golf course you've played? What's your favorite? Innisbrook. Yeah. Copperhead. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that course is beautiful. Nice. What's so great about it? It's extremely hard. Yeah? <laughs> Have you played Beth Page? No, actually. No? Yeah. How are you Long Island? How are you Long Island guy? You haven't how do you not page? play Beth Page? It's usually cold when I'm back there. <laughs> okay, that's a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> I'll accept that. But I, this offseason, I told yeah. myself oh, I got to get it done. All right. Definitely gonna PGA's have to. gonna be there this year. That's right. We're going. Oh really? Yep. That's We're awesome. covering it. Yep. Go Tiger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we uh, we can't thank you enough for the time. Uh, we wish you the best of luck. We really enjoy following your journey, and uh, thank you. We we appreciate what you gave us, and we look forward to seeing you out there doing your thing. Appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. You best of luck with everything. All right. Appreciate it. So it was a great interview with Kyle Young. We don't know where he's going to be. I have my suspicions that he'll be at Clearwater. You never know. He could get to Reading. Um, but I suspect that he will start the season at Clearwater. That leads to the next question. We don't have the magic sheets with the rosters yet. And for our listeners, we're not done with Kyle Young yet. Mm-hmm. Because we'll have an interview with Connor Brogdon where we have Kyle and Connor having a little conversation back and forth about the merits of high school versus college baseball and many other things, right, Jeff? Yeah, they, they have a very good relationship. They were hanging out together uh, after practice one day, which is when we grabbed them for interviews, um, and they seem to have a great relationship. It would be great to see them in the same team. It would be fun. Because they will have a lot of fun together, and I think we can have a lot of fun with them. Without a doubt. So we'll get to the other pitchers, but I did want to mention that we do have that fun thing coming up too in the future. Yep, but at this point, all we can do is project. Who's going Uh, where, Jeff? Tell me what you think. So why don't... I think the best thing to do, at least for today, in the limited time we have left, is to discuss the upper levels pitching. Um... To that extent, we have Lehigh Valley, which is the highest level. It's AAA. And they have a glut of really good pitchers who have some major league experience with the Phillies last year. First, you have Jared Eikhoff. Jared Eikhoff clearly is going to be the number one starter. I Well, you know what? I say clearly, but I'm not sure because I is don't it know. clear? I don't know if Cole Irvin, because of his season last year at AAA, whether he will get the first start. But Jared has the most major league experience but for an injury he would be on the starting five for the Phillies so Eikhoff is going to be somebody that's really there in case somebody falters he'll be the first person up as long as he's healthy then you have Cole Irvin who was the Phillies pitcher of the year uh, Cole had a great season last year for the Iron Pigs 14 and 4 257 ERA and 1.05 whip uh, he just seems ready, uh, and I'm sure he's going to be chomping at the bit to get to the major leagues. And quite frankly, I would like to see him there because he's a lefty, and the Phillies don't have any lefty starters. And, and They're a lefty starter, Chef? I know. Now, I'm a lefty, so I'm a little biased, but I'd like to see just one. What about Daniel De Los Santos? We saw him a little bit last year with the Phillies, saw what he was able to do. What are your thoughts on him? When he was with the Iron Pigs, he was 10-5, and 2-6-3 ERA, 1-4. 
or two whip with the whip is a little bit high um, which is what concerned me last season I think Aniel is probably a back of the rotation starter but I think you have Eikhoff and Irvin ahead of him plus you have the other two guys that are going to be in the starting five when you have Drew Anderson who has dominated in my in uh, spring training this year and he, last he year, really has opened some eyes in spring training he you know he allowed one run and struck out 12 and 12 and two-thirds grapefruit league innings putting himself in definitely a position for an early call-up if, if they have any arm troubles yeah and last year it, he wasn't it wasn't like he wasn't good last year he was nine and four three eight seven era 1.16 whip last year so he's developed a new pitch he's been working with it and it really worked during spring training so you have him and then you have ranger suarez who also came up to the phillies last year he was six and three 275 era 1.18 whip and that was between double a and triple a they moved him a lot quicker than i thought so where does tom eshelman fit now you know what that's going to be a tough one tom eshelman is one of those guys that came over for the astros in that big trade a couple years ago uh his 2017 he was 10 and 3 and then last year he just fell off he was 2 and 13 5.84 era you kind of wonder if there was an injury there that we just didn't know about i don't know but he's right now he's a six starter which leads to the problem of where does jojo romero i was gonna say and he's gonna have people knocking on his door you've got jojo romero who may start in redding may start in uh in lehigh valley but he definitely has stuff that they're watching in this system right now so the question is what do you do with jojo you already have eikhoff irvins de los santos anderson suarez to start the staff if you go with a six-man rotation which who knows maybe they do that jojo is clearly the guy but i don't know what they do with eshelman unless they move him to the bullpen so let's say that they leave jojo and redding and their season starts next thursday the fourth against the portland sea dogs the mm-hmm. red sox affiliate uh, obviously you can catch the high hopes phillies minor league rundown leading into that game at 5 15 and you can catch us every week leading into the redding game that week the time may adjust based on the start time of the game but we're going to be doing the lead-in for that but let's go over some of the crazy good arms that they've got at redding potentially now jeff you got connor siebold who we interviewed during spring training he was five and eight four point two eight with a one point one one whip between clearwater and redding but he got his sea legs under him yeah the record's a little deceiving and we had talked to him right after his first tough start when he had moved up and you can see him starting to figure it out and get more comfortable and he's a guy you know we talk about the the head versus the body Mm -hmm. he's a cal state fullerton guy sports psychologist he's somebody to watch he's kind of got it in place a little bit it's one of those things where you know when we got to redding and interviewed him right after he came up they were saying you know what maybe we moved him too soon but you know the people in the organization knew to push him and he met the challenge so absolutely i think he's going to do great there then you have adonis medina who is one of the top prospects in the organization pitching wise and was the guy that the phillies did not want to get rid of when they were talking about trading for machado last year we didn't even mention the paul owens award winner last year david parkinson who we talked with we aired that interview on our heart of sports show i mean (laughs) jeff they're stacked (laughs) 
Yeah, David Parkinson last year, 11-1, and 145 ERA, 1.01 whip between Lakewood and Clearwater. David Parkinson is the 11th or 12th pitcher that we just mentioned in the list. Yeah, and, and the question is whether he'll start the season at Reading because it's going to be between him, Mauricio Rivera, and Ramon Rosso. So if, I, if it were me, I would challenge Parkinson and move him up. But we'll who's see in, where he who's goes. In Clearwater, you think? Clearwater? Kyle well, you, you got Kyle there. Young, and then you got who we ran is the number one pitching prospect in the organization, Spencer Howard. Howard. Uh, you also have Ramon Rosso, who will, who is the aforementioned guy who may be at Double A, and Nick Fanti. Jeff, we're in our last minute, and you know the Phillies game should be finishing up as as we are finishing this show. Um, can you talk a little bit about the hope of baseball at this time of year for a couple seconds? Well, gee, for for the Phillies, the hope is clearly there. Look what they brought in in the off season uh, to us. Even though the hope is with the Phillies, our high hopes are to watch these young guys grow and then be the future of the Phillies as we move forward in the coming years. That's right. And we look forward to people joining us on that journey. We'll be traveling around to Lakewood, to Clearwater, to Lehigh Valley, to Reading. Jeff will get out to Williamsport again. Hang oh, out. you're not coming with me? Oh, wait, if I get to hang out with Pat Borders, I'm definitely That's coming. That's right. You're coming. That's going to be the last word for this week's show. Please catch us next week. Thanks so much for joining us this week. We'll be your lead in every Thursday night to the Reading Phillies here on 610 ESPN. So we'll be back next week. Enjoy the ball games.